It's your Friday Daily Delivery. I'm Michael Rand. Glad to be back for another day and the final show of the week. Really good one coming up. Phil Miller joins me here in just a few minutes. Phil was in Houston this week covering the Twins and covering the Twins and Major League Baseball's hearing in bankruptcy court with Bally Sports North and parent company Diamond Sports. Um, And a ruling Thursday that Phil and I will get into where the judge rules that Bally and Diamond Sports must pay the Twins what they are owed this season, $54.8 million, or... Uh, risk relinquishing the rights to the Twins this year, um, you know, in the middle of the season. What that all means for viewers, what that could mean in the very short term, um, it, it could very well mean, as Phil and I talk about, that the games will be shown um, on a different channel. They will, they will be broadcast by Major League Baseball instead of Bally Sports North. If they decide not to make that payment, if they decide not to pay in full, which was at odds right now, that could be something that changes even in the middle of this season, and that likelihood increased Thursday. So Phil and I will get into that. We'll get into the legal proceedings and some of the kind of back and forth and the animosity that we viewed and that he viewed specifically while he was the lone sports writer in the courtroom. And uh, we'll talk some twins, too, because they are an interesting team on the field right now with you know Byron Buxton, Carlos Correa, and Max Kepler all leaving uh, Thursday's dramatic come-from-behind victory with injuries along the way, um, increasing a decreasing amount of severity in those. Um, we'll see how those play out. But an interesting time for the Twins right now on multiple levels, and Phil and I will get to that in just a minute. Um, we'll get to some NBA Finals stuff at the end of the show. First, though, what did I miss? Let's start with the Lynx, who lost again at home to the Connecticut Sun on Thursday night, falling to 0-6. And And I thought it was notable because even though this is a rebuilding season, we probably knew that going in. And the Lynx went into Thursday's game knowing they would be without Diamond Miller, their number two overall pick, who's dealing with an ankle injury suffered a couple games ago. Um, We knew that this was going to be a struggle for them. Nonetheless, this is a team a franchise, and especially a head coach slash president of basketball operations, Cheryl Reeve, who is used to winning, who is, you know, who's been here through the best of times, through the four WNBA titles that they won from 2011 through 2017, through a transition period that was still awfully good. The Lynx were still a playoff team even after Maya Moore's departure, Lindsey Whalen's departure, even through all that, they remained a playoff team. Fell out of the playoffs last season into the lottery, wound up with the number two overall pick. Now this season, a look ahead, they figured they were going to be it was it would be a struggle get players playing time, get kind of get some experience, kind of gear up for 2024. Still, even if you accept all of that, you do not want to be 0 and six, and that is where the links are right now. It doesn't feel good to be 0 and six, even if you understand why even if there is maybe a greater good coming in 2024. And I think that was some of the the tone of Cheryl Reeve postgame, lamenting a lot of the defensive breakdowns of this team. They gave up 89 points. They're second to last in the league right now in defensive efficiency. A lot of other defensive metrics way down on the list. Nafisa Collier had 30 points in last night's game. That's a good, you know, a good sign from her. But if you can't stop anybody, you're not going to win a lot of games. So 
This was Reeve after the game. You could sense, I think, the frustration in her voice after she was basically asked, are you frustrated? You got to win your home games. And, 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 you know, it's not, it's not okay. It's not okay to come out and, and, you know, just, you know, you need stops and just throughout the game, it's just not okay to give up layups when, you know, you have a team right there and you give up layups, you know, because, because you don't know what the play that's coming. Maybe it's just there and tells them what play is coming. You still get layups on us. Come out of time ups, layups. Come out of the, come out of the break. Like you said, transition layups. So it's not okay. Our fans, our fans adore us. They expect different from us. That's what I'm frustrated with. It's not okay. It's a long season, longer than most in the WNBA. They're going to play 40 games this year. Um, usually, I think the schedule has been 34 or 36 games in the WNBA, so a longer schedule, a longer amount of time for them to get better, but also a longer amount of time if this is indeed a, a rough season to uh, to kind of take their lumps to get better in the moment, though, I think I get what she's saying. They, they, you know, this is unacceptable. It's not okay to give up the kinds of baskets they're giving up to lose the way they're losing. Um, you know, she basically said she thinks they could be four and two right now, pretty easily, if they had just made some of those more critical plays down the stretch. And that's heartening in one sense because, uh, as I, you know, wrote the other day and and talked about the other day. When a team is close, if you add one or two really good pieces to that, you can go from being a bad team to a good team very quickly. And that's kind of what happened when they drafted Maya Moore in 2011. So can they kind of recapture that next year is a valid question. But how soon they can turn it around this year is probably a better question. And that's the one that's frustrating Cheryl Reeve right now in the moment. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake. With 24-7 gaming, the good times never have to end. And you can satisfy your cravings at our restaurants and bars. Or relax in one of our luxurious hotel rooms. Those that play together, stay together. And don't forget to join Club M so you can spark new memories and bask in the rewards along the way. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. Let's bring in the busiest man at the Star Tribune right now, Phil Miller, Twins beat writer. Um, I don't know how many bylines you had Wednesday, Thursday covering Twins, Astros, and all of this uh, bankruptcy court stuff that was happening at the same time in Houston, even on the same day. Wednesday must have been a 15, 16-hour day. I don't know how you did it, but I'm I'm glad you did because it was fascinating theater. And then on Thursday, later Thursday, we got word, Phil, that there was a ruling in bankruptcy court and judge saying that Bally Sports North, yes, Diamond Sports, yes, you must pay the Twins and these other teams basically what they are owed on their contract. And that could trigger all sorts of things, even in the midst of this season. You could see the broadcast rights changed and revert to Major League Baseball sometime during the middle of this year. We don't know exactly the timeline, but Phil, um, some interesting theater, some interesting uh, stuff revealed during these uh, these proceedings and some interesting uh, days ahead, I would imagine, for the Twins and their TV situation. Yeah, Twins win, Twins win. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, they took two out of three from the Astros and uh, one out of one from uh, Diamond Sports. Uh, yeah, it was a big, big week for the Twins in uh, Houston. Uh, uh, yeah, they uh, they spent two days in federal court, uh, federal bankruptcy court, um, and it was uh, it was a fascinating day. And uh, uh, basically, the 
twins uh, two months ago. The twins uh, TV partner, Bally Sports North, decided to miss a payment of the money that they uh, pay them every year to televise twins games. Skipped the payment, even though they continued to televise games. And the twins went to uh, went to court and said, uh, you know, this isn't how that how that works. You need <laughs> right. to uh, if you're going to televise our games, you need to pay us for them uh, bankruptcy or not. And uh, it was uh, Wednesday was a fascinating day because Commissioner uh, Rob Manfred uh, testified on behalf of the. Twins, Guardians, Diamondbacks, and Rangers, who were uh, all similarly uh, stiffed by uh, their networks, and it was it was a battle. It was contentious. It was uh, he's a lawyer. The room was full of you know, it looked to me like four dozen lawyers and one sports writer, and uh, <laughs> uh, easy to pick out, I'll tell you. And uh, it was a uh, it was a, an interesting battle, but yes, the Twins won today, uh, and it now we wait to see what it means. But they know that uh, if Bally's going to continue televising them, they have to be paid in full, no discounts, uh, and um, and we'll see what happens. And uh, uh, Bally's now has uh, a couple weeks, two or three weeks. I would. Uh, here in June to decide whether or not they're going to uh, basically play it out to the end of the season uh, uh, four more months. I myself have a hard time believing because the the Twins contract expires in October uh, at the end of the season. I have a hard time wondering why Bally would go on if they know that uh, the end is near, but there are some ancillary reasons why their parent company might want to keep as many teams in the fold as long as they can while they negotiate other things. So we don't know for sure what it means for the twins. My prediction is by July 1st, uh, Bally will Bally sports North will no longer be uh, televising the twins. And in that case, major league baseball will, take over the broadcast of the games, the distribution of the games. They've already done that now with the Padres. That was kind of happening simultaneously, a different scenario because this was not part of, you know, the bankruptcy court proceedings or these kind of emergency injunction that was filed. This was, you know, the, the Padres, they badly just basically walked away from that deal saying they, they were, it was a money loser. They weren't going to honor it. And now major league baseball takes that over. So that's a little bit different, but I would imagine some of the parameters of it, could be the same where you're seeing you know, Major League Baseball lining up distribution through kind of your traditional means, your your direct TV, your other kind of major cable players, but also offering a direct-to-consumer in-market option that's just not available right now. If you don't have, you know, cable or satellite right now, or or the you know the some of the other similar um, streaming services that are more like cable and satellite. You can't get the twins right now. You don't have access to them because there is no in-market direct-to-consumer model. But in San Diego, they're offering those games for, I think, $19.99 a month or $75 for the rest of the season. That sort of thing could come here. So kind of the upshot is if this does change you know, sooner rather than later, if this happens, like you say, by July 1st or whenever it does, it's not going to happen tomorrow, I wouldn't think. I don't think that's going to happen quite that fast. But if it does happen in the next month, there could be this option for people who don't have it right now. And then other people who do have 
the more traditional cable satellite will be kind of saying, okay, well now where do I find the game? And I think with the Padres, it's like, it just shows up on your TV is like San Diego Padres baseball. It's like, it's not that much different, but it is a different kind of, okay, this changed fast. Yeah. Uh, and we should say that a lot of consumers might not notice a big difference. Uh, the, uh, uh, Dick Bremer and uh, Justin Morneau and most of uh, Roy Smalley, most of the guys that broadcast with him are twins employees. Yes. And they will uh, they would continue to be part of the broadcast. Most of the camera operators and the technical people are freelancers who the twins would just hire. Uh, MLB would hire to produce the games. The pre and post games would be completely different because uh, those are. Uh, those those uh, those are Bally's employees, right? Those are Bally's employees. Uh, yeah, they do Wolves and Wild too. So we wouldn't have that, and might not have pre and post game shows at all. Uh, and you're right, uh, the games would uh, if you have Comcast, if you have Directv, the games would just show up on a different channel, and uh, you would be informed of that. Uh, and yeah, the big the big challenge, the big change might be that uh, if you don't have cable TV, if you don't uh subscribe to uh i think direct tv's uh streaming service uh carries them but right if you don't have any of that you can still just pay the twins uh like you say uh uh 20 a month or whatever for the rest of the year price is still to be set and you can watch them you can stream them on your tv on your devices uh that is that is the model that uh commissioner rob manfred has made clear he wants to go to where uh, you know where twins fans in houston and san diego can can just uh uh and also st paul and uh yeah you know maple grove can just pay a fee and watch twins games when they want and not have to subscribe to another carrier that that has them now among the more interesting things like you said was manfred and kind of the contentiousness of some of the testimony kind of understanding that this kind of goes back, you know, three, four years to a relationship between MLB and, and diamond sports. that was kind of fraught from the beginning. You know, I think that he kind of alluded to, this was in your story the other day, just alluded oh, to yeah. some tensions right away between the sides, like Dion diamond kind of coming in and talking about things they wanted to do rights. They didn't necessarily have things like that. And, and maybe Major League Baseball getting a little bit uneasy from the beginning. And, you know, like you said, too, when we were talking before we started recording, like Major League Baseball was the runner up in the bidding for all of these RSNs back, you know, four years ago when they were originally, you know, sold by Fox Sports, acquired by ESPN, but then they had to offload them as part of kind of a, a different package. And then Diamond Sports, you know, Sinclair, their parent company, winds up with them. But Major League Baseball wanted this package four years ago and maybe now is eyeing this as an opportunity to get control of some of these channels uh, that they that they didn't get four years ago. Well, I can tell you, watching Ma Rob Manfred, I was in the courtroom watching him testify, and you can tell baseball is offended by how this has happened uh, because, uh, quick backstory, uh, this is all triggered by Disney Corporation bought 20th Century Fox, and Disney owns ESPN, and so the Justice Department ruled that it's an antitrust violation for them to also own all these regional sports networks. Right. So they sold them. Uh, Sinclair Broadcasting bought them and outbid Major League Baseball, which, yes, did want to keep them. 
but in their in buying them for ten and a half billion dollars, uh, even though the number of subscriptions to cable TV and uh, satellite TV are declining with all the cord cutters. They paid that much money and they leveraged it with like $8 billion of debt. Yeah. And it's that debt that is causing them to go into bankruptcy, not the rights fees, but because they're out of money, they're, they're taking it out. Baseball certainly feels like they're taking it out on them. They're just skipping payments because some of their contracts lose money and they want to get rid of them. So they're using bankruptcy to do it. Uh, Rob Manford was very combative and he talked about how uh, the chairman of uh, Sinclair uh, Broadcasting came to his office and said, yeah, if you, if you don't give us concessions and we want to do gambling, we want to do ticketing, we want to do selling merchandise. Uh, if you don't give us those rights for free, basically, um, we're going to do this. We're going to put it in bankruptcy and we're going to uh, uh, try to get out of any contracts that we don't like. So it, it was a really combative uh, couple hours of testimony uh, entertaining his act. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm sure. Uh, was, even just reading it, I was like, it came through in your story. I was like, this got the, a little bit contentious. The, the commissioner is a lawyer, too, and he uh, he fought back. There were objection this and uh, your honor that. And uh, it was it was uh, entertaining. But, yeah, the bottom line is that uh, is that baseball feels like the victim here that, and the twins are, are kind of an innocent victim. Uh, as Dave St. Peter, the team president pointed out in his testimony today, the twins make $54.8 million a year from Fox sports North, which Ballet first sports of all, North. yeah. Ballet sports North, which first of all is a lot more than we realized. Uh, they yes. have done a good job of, uh, keeping that figure secret. But he testified that uh, that uh, Bally's uh, proposed a new five-year deal that started at uh, $54 million. And then they go to court claiming that uh, the rights are not uh, fair market value. <laughs> right. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, I was not surprised that the twins won uh, that, uh, that lawsuit. Um, probably doesn't mean a whole lot to uh, Twins fans other than it means the almost certainly, I think, the end of uh, Ballet Sports North televising them, but uh, it was uh, it was just a fun spectacle to, uh, to watch, and uh, I can't even imagine how much uh, the lawyers uh, earned uh, over the last couple of days. Well, and you know, and, and some of this too, I think, has unraveled, at least locally, because of frustration i think certainly that the twins have felt and probably rob manfred has felt as as bally you know as bally as diamond sports has had these properties and there's been not just you know the cord cutting but losing a lot of these contracts with right. you know dish network is is a is a bigger one but you know hulu youtube, uh, YouTube yeah. tv all these streaming services those rights you know evaporated two or three years ago right after they kind of took over and a lot of people who had you know, picked up these kind of, you know, less expensive month to month contract kind of options that had these channels in the beginning and suddenly didn't, were pretty upset. And they, you know, suddenly they were losing 25, 30, 40% of their potential audience. And now you're seeing like San Diego saying, hey, 
our reach is three times as big as it used to be potentially. It's not like everybody's going to suddenly subscribe, but like I would imagine the twins reach potentially if major league baseball takes over, they'll be able to reach a larger number of customers simply by the fact that they will have this, you know, what we'd imagine would be a direct to consumer option. And, you know, I I think that that was part of the deterioration of the relationship too, certainly from the twin standpoint. Oh, sure. Uh, Yeah. They would like to just have an MLB app, which actually does exist, but, or even a twins app where you just go to watch the games. Yeah. It was frustrating for them that, uh, that because of cord cutting, uh, uh, YouTube and, uh, and dish network and all the others didn't want to pay the rights, uh, fees that, um, that Bally Sports North, when it was Fox Sports North, used to be able to command, it uh, it got too expensive, and uh, and so it in turn it, it it so frustrates baseball that this whole got sidetracked, and now they're not reaching consumers that want to buy their product. Yes, uh, and so uh, you could you could see that frustration coming out, and I think that. Uh, you know, they want these contracts. There are still uh, 14 teams that have contracts with uh, with Diamond Sports and, and Bally's. Uh, they want those contracts fulfilled. There's a lot of money at stake. But Rob Manford, when we saw him in spring training, made clear that he wants one-stop shopping for baseball, that however you get it on cable, on satellite, uh, streaming, Anyway, that you can just go to one place, pay the fee, and get all the games that you want to watch. Uh, and uh, you know that's the model that they have in mind. And I I could tell you that it, you could just it just permeated the courtroom that they just feel like this grand plan has been sidetracked by an entity that overpaid for the uh, for the networks and then mismanage them and you know and now uh now they're going through a summer of uh of trying to reset things i used to not like rob manford for a lot of different reasons that he's one of the worst commissioners in sports history but man with between this and the pitch clock i i, I gotta I mean, he's he's kind of kind of coming back to neutral for me at least it's it's a quite a quite an about face for rob manford in my at least in my esteem yeah, as a uh, as someone who admires uh, a uh, uh, a combative wit, uh, I uh, enjoyed uh, Manfred's performance in uh, in court, but uh, I wouldn't want to be the target of it. Uh, no, he might he might be difficult to be around sometimes when he's in that mood. But uh, you're right. Uh, um, you know, how long have have we complained about? Uh, the the evolving changes in baseball that were to the negative and uh i you know i did not think the pitch clock would work and uh i i'm happy to say i was wrong about that and gotta give him credit uh he uh he pushed that through and uh it has it has changed the the pace of games yeah it has well we'll see what happens the rest of the you know what happens with the result of this but again just kind of to reiterate the upshot is Twins won in court, Major League Baseball wins in court, and it could mean within a matter of weeks that these games are shown differently and are available to a wider audience, including people who don't have traditional cable or satellite and just want to 
pay for twins games and, and can can now get them in market. Cause that's been a big frustration too. Like the blackout rules, basically like you could get twins games. You could buy the whole major league baseball package. If you live in Oakland or Seattle or, you know, Fort Lauderdale, you can't get them if you live in Minneapolis, because that's not the way it's operated because they wanted to protect these rights that are now worthless. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so change is coming. And if baseball can uh, get the rights under control, uh, change for the good uh you, you know it's interesting to think about what it would have been like had baseball won the uh right uh contract for the networks they would have had far less debt than uh than sinclair took on uh so they wouldn't have been so financially constricted and uh you know rob manford said you know we had big ideas uh people tell me uh boy you really dodged a bullet by uh not uh, that sale not going through. And he said, yeah, he doesn't really agree with that. Not so yeah. much. Well, as long as I got you here, Phil, I might as, well, might as well ask you a couple twins questions too, before we let you finally go to bed and get I'm some rest. After a, after a, I'm a court reporter. Mike. After a long, after a long week, I'm a court reporter, not a baseball reporter, but it was it, the series in, in Houston was interesting in its own right. They had, they finally got some hits with the bases loaded and they come home Thursday, get a walk-off win over Cleveland, rally for 7-6 win uh, in, in that game, but in the process, lose their three, four, and five hitters to various levels of um, you know injury. Buxton gets hit by a pitch, leaves the game with a rib injury. Uh, Correa has an inflammation of the uh, the plantar fasciitis that's been, that's been bothering him. He leaves the game, and Max Kepler, uh, I read he has a migraine, so... Um, it's not great when your three, four, and five hitters go out. Although their their replacements did just fine, and neither of none, none of those three have especially been knocking the cover off the ball lately. But uh, just what do you make of the roster right now? A good win, a, you know, three out of four, but you know, still kind of middling along in this pretty bad AL Central. Well, a couple things. First of all, uh, regarding that AL Central, uh, I saw the starting lineup. Valley's uh, put up the. Indian, the, the Guardians starting lineup, and next to each player, it had their OPS, yes, uh, which is an unusual, uh, unusual for them. And I noticed that eight of the nine Guardians in the starting lineup had an OPS below 700. Yikes! Uh, I did not realize just how toothless uh, the Guardians uh, have been in May and uh, and going forward. I uh, they, they seem like much less of a threat than I had, uh, imagined them to be earlier in the year. If, if, if they, the boy twins fans think they're not hitting, uh, wow, that, uh, right. that was something, um, it's been clear for a couple of weeks that Byron Buxton, despite not playing center field is a little bit hobbled that his knee, uh, still barks at him every once in a while. And he's kind of going through that, uh, you really got to watch Buxton when he's not uh, running the bases because uh, he's slow to get up and he walks around and he, he uh, you can tell that something's bothering him. Uh, Correa, we knew that uh, his heel and, uh, and uh, foot have been uh, bothering him. That's a little worrisome. Uh, Rocco said that he thought Correa could play through it and that was the plan, but uh yeah, that's, I mean, he hasn't hit in a month and a half or so, uh, gone on any kind of a streak. So, um, 
you know, they're kind of waiting for him to kind of pull it together. And this feels like another setback. So I'm not sure what to make of that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Houston series was heartening. They did get some big hits. Uh, um, you know, the pitching has just remained fantastic. Uh, Sonny Gray and Louis Varland were were just tremendous in Houston. So uh, they seem to be managing to, uh, and, in, and in Gray and Varland starts, they scored seven and eight runs. So right. they still have it in them. Uh, you know, they uh, getting Polanco back is uh, is big. Getting Royce Lewis in the lineup, I think, will help a lot. Um, but, yeah, they're just like last year. They're just kind of holding it together while uh, guys try to get healthy. Yeah, Lewis had a big home run Thursday that got them back into that game before they won it in the ninth. I mean, he seems to have given them, you know, hitting is one thing, but just a little bit of energy. Like he's, you know, a, a young player, an athlete, as 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 Roycey likes to describe him, just a guy who you notice his athleticism right away when he steps on the field, especially in comparison with some of these other guys that maybe are on the field with him. Well, he's the overall number one pick, and these guys are supposed to be superstars, and We've known for a few years that he has it in him. Uh, it's another thing to do it at the major league level, and not not everybody can. But uh, uh, I, you know, he's he's going to turn twenty four, I think, next week. And uh, you know, he's coming into his prime. He's had a couple of setbacks. He's had to sit out a couple of years. But uh, you know, I this should be Royce Lewis's team, and uh, within the next couple of years. And uh, yeah, I'm. I, I didn't think necessarily that we would see it right away the first week he gets back but uh you know there's there's a reason why expectations are pretty high for that guy and uh um just having him around really he's he's just an effervescent personality yeah uh, his teammates love him uh i i said to rocco uh in houston is it do you think it's exhausting being that upbeat all the time and <laughs> rocco said and I don't know. You'd have to ask him because because uh, he never stops. So uh, <laughs> it's a good thing to have. Uh, but uh, you know they are they are uh, pulling through. I think two out of three in Houston was uh, was a really good sign for him. Yeah, I agree. Final thought, I guess. Uh, Matt Walner is just on it. He was hitting well here before he got sent down. Kind of a numbers game when Kepler came off the injured list. He's been on a tear with St. Paul since he went down. I think it was like 8 for 15 or something in that series in Buffalo. The Buffalo announcers were just listening to some of the clips of the highlights. I think he had two or three home runs in that series, too. They were, they were just like, who is this guy? He's just like, he, he puts a barrel on everything. Like, this is a guy that seems like a ready-made replacement whenever they finally decide that it's not worth keeping Max Kepler uh, out there when it, whenever he's uh, whenever he decides he's healthy. What, what do you think of, of Walner and how, how soon he's, he, he just arrives for good? Cause it seems like he's, he's pretty close to ready. It does. Uh, I think if Max Walner was the fielder in the outfield that Max Kepler is, uh, it, he would be the unquestioned starter now. Uh, yeah. It, you know, he, it, uh, Matt isn't as bad as I think his reputation sometimes. Uh, he, he he robbed uh, a three-run homer on Thursday, so there you go. Yeah, well, there you go. I, you know, I, I do think that uh, he has the future. But they, you know, then there's Trevor Larnock and uh, uh, you know, and Max uh, when he's healthy. So uh, I think they kind of wrestle with that. But it's the kind of situation where 
if somebody just steps forward and seizes it, uh, I think the twins would stop juggling. It feels like, let's try this and let's try that. And now, now he's got pneumonia and, uh, right. and you know, Max has got a hamstring thing. And, uh, you know, Walner, when he came up, he didn't hit for, uh, you know, the first three or four days. He was only up uh, a week. But he did hit the last uh, day or two, he, uh, and then just carried it into the minors. Uh, yeah, I, it, the job is 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 right there for the taking, and uh, I I think the Twins are ready for anybody to just step forward and take it, and maybe maybe this is the start of uh, Matt Walner doing that. Yep. Well, we'll see. We'll see when he, when and if he gets back to the big leagues, what uh, what channel he's playing on. We'll we'll see what uh, what all of that, how all that shakes out. But Phil, I really appreciate your time, your reporting from Houston on all of this, and just an interesting dynamic. And we'll see kind of how this, what what's what's the next chapter in this. But it sure seems like they could be headed for something in the in the nearer term than out of than I might have imagined before the season started, but now seems far more likely now. Um, for now, though, Phil, I'm going to let you go get some rest. Appreciate the time, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, Mike. It was good talking to you. Great stuff from Phil Miller, as always. I know I probably say that almost after every interview I do, but I truly I truly mean it every time, but I especially mean it this time with Phil, who just did a tremendous job in Houston covering this very important subject. You know, I've talked about it so much and written about it so much over the years, but now that it's kind of coming to a head, for him to be there to kind of get the tone of what was going on to get a lot of those important facts revealed to get them out there and to bring them to you the reader the listener to kind of understand that hey this is changing this could be a change very soon in how you consume twins baseball Uh, i thought that was just tremendous work by him all week while simultaneously covering a baseball team that's pretty interesting as well so i hope you enjoyed that i hope phil gets some sleep some um, some good news for for him and for the Star Tribune. Uh, Bobby Nightingale Jr. just started, um, kind of a co-beat writer with Phil, um, and we will have uh, we'll have Bobby on the show next week to introduce him to you. He'll be covering a lot of Twins games very soon and helping out Phil. We had a lot of other writers kind of filling in along with Phil and doing a great job. But I think Phil is very excited to have a. Uh, have someone else full-time on the beat with him, and Bobby just started, and he'll be on the beat now with Phil coming up. So I'll talk to him, like I said, next week to kind of introduce him a little bit to you and to get his get his knowledge of uh, of the Twins and Major League Baseball and kind of set the set the scene for years to come of, of that kind of coverage. So hope you uh, hope you enjoy that next week. Right now, let's finish with the cooler. Nuggets take game one over the Heat, 104-93, and it was kind of a... I don't. I wouldn't say it was a, a game that lacked drama because I thought it was a good game, but it was just kind of one of those games where it you watched it and you felt like the Heat were never really in it. And when you watch a game and you feel that way, as I kind of felt with you know when I watched even the Nuggets playing the Wolves in the first round, I felt that way in a lot of games too, where I thought the Wolves were playing fine. It's just that the Nuggets were a flat-out better team. I got that feeling watching Game 1 as well. Now, the Heat are a better team than the Wolves were, um, and I think the Heat with Jimmy Butler will definitely come back in Game 2 and uh, and can and could get back into the series pretty easily and post a win in that game. But I think the Nuggets 
showed something in game one that this is their series, that this is their series for the taking, and that I fully expect them to win this one in maybe five games. I don't know. I'm not going to I'm not gonna go too, out, too far out on a limb, but this just feels, after watching game one, seeing how that all played out, seeing how these matchups go, um, it does feel like this is their series for the taking. We'll, we'll know more as it goes on, but that's my impression after just one game of the series. And that'll do it for me. Should be lots of good stuff coming up next week. Like I said, Bobby Nightingale Jr. expected to join me on a show next week. Probably some high school sports content next week. And expecting ESPN's Bobby Marks to join me too to talk about the Wolves offseason. Some of their looming questions including Carl Anthony Towns, salary cap stuff, and other directions for them. So hope you enjoy that on a show next week as well. That will do it for me today. I'll be back on Monday with Roycey. Until then, have a great weekend. We'll see you then.